Well, good morning, HDC. How we doing? How we doing, 11 o'clock service? How are we? It's good to see you all in the house. So glad to see your faces this morning. Even as we greeted one another, I was encouraged to see a lot of familiar faces and also some faces that I just met this morning. So it's good to see you guys. When I, my, my name is Mike and I work here on the Victorville campus and I wanted to give us a call to worship this morning uh, as we're given yet another opportunity to worship God through song that you would be encouraged and we'd be challenged in our minds and in our thoughts to throw the distractions at the side, to completely offer this to God. And I was gonna read from the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 16, starting in verse eight. It says this, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength and seek his face always. Now, I don't know what you're coming in with, but I do know that this week is a great week to come to church because of what we have planned, because of the times that we get to worship the Lord, that it would be encouraging and challenging in our thoughts to not be distracted and to have completely unhindered worship. So for those who aren't standing, can we stand together and can we worship the Lord this morning, church? Amen. Let's worship together. Come on, let's sing this together. Come all you weary. Come all you weary. Come all you thirsty. Come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water. Come and thirst no more. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. 
cross Jesus is waiting God so loved the world Come on, let's give Him some praise this morning
how we doing, church? You guys look good today. How are we doing, Victorville? You glad to be here in the house? So glad that you're here this morning. Hey, you can grab a seat. We're going to be doing things a little bit differently this morning as we've been talking about. This is a, a response service, meaning for the last seven weeks, we have been in a series on the one another's, and we've walked through a number of them, praying for one another, accepting one another, bearing one another's burdens. And today's design of service is kind of meant to just be a pause before we jump into the next teaching series to just kind of reflect on what God has done in our hearts, what he's trying to get us to to grasp this morning. And so I've got the opportunity to kind of just give a little bit of a, of a devotional in the middle of worship as we're going to continue to sing here in just a bit. Just kind of share a little bit of the heart behind why we do what we do on the weekends, what these weekend services are all about, what the design of them is all about. And so I'm going to be focusing a little bit on Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, just two verses and uh, if, you're, if you're new around here, my name is Landon, and I'm, I'm the worship minister here at the Victorville campus. And so I want to share a little bit about the heart of, of worship in our church uh, across the desert. We meet in three different locations all across the desert, and we have been just working to clarify who we are as a church and uh, why we do what we do. And so I want to share a little bit about that from Colossians chapter 3. And it says this, verse 16 and 17, let the message of Christ Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him." So as I, as I mentioned just a minute ago, we, we are meeting right now, if you're new with us at HDC, across three different campuses, Apple Valley, Hesperia, and Victorville, all meeting right now at the exact same time. Each of those campuses has their own unique worship experience, and oftentimes when, when Pastor Todd is teaching, that goes out to those, uh, those sites as well. And so we've been talking about we, how, to, how do we create across three different locations a kind of a unified church experience across the board. And so our worship leaders, the three of us, have been working on, on clarifying that. And so we've come up with this, this purpose statement, three things that we want to accomplish each and every weekend, three goals for us each and every weekend. And it, and it reads like this, and this is what we aim for all the time. Our worship gatherings exist to glorify God, encourage believers, and compel those who don't yet believe. Now, many of you might be like me. For many years, I used to believe that Jesus dying on the cross for my sins was like Christianity 101. And so, but what this, this verse is challenging us to do, it says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. This is how we glorify God. This is that first section of that purpose statement. I used to believe that. That the Jesus dying on the cross was like Christianity 101, and then there's like a further level to go to once you get past all the basic stuff about him dying for our sins. But instead now I would say, by the grace of God over the last several years, but I, I've come to believe basically the opposite of that, that Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, this gospel message is everything. 
Paul in the New Testament tells us, he, he, he challenges us with this thought. He says, if Christ has not been raised, then we would still be in our sins. And the purpose of this gathering would be, would be useless. If Christ has not been raised, we would still be stuck in our sins. So this challenge, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And I just want to remind us what this message is that we have, this gospel truth. It is because of sin, we, you and I were separated from God. And Jesus God took on the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life. He fulfilled the law on behalf of us, something that we could never do. And he died a death on a cross, a criminal's death on a cross, something that you and I deserved because of sin. And then he was buried in a tomb, three days later raised from the dead to show that he is Lord over the sin, he is Lord over death, and he is now ascended into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of the Father because his work is finished until he comes back again for his church. That is the gospel message. And you and I know that through faith in this finished work of Christ, we can now have fellowship again with God, not only in this life, but we cling to it as our hope because when we pass on, we will be with God forever in glory. That is the gospel message, and that is something that we should be excited about and passionate about in the church, amen? So instead of that being Christianity 101, to me, that is everything. That is everything. That's why... Even our marriages are a picture of the gospel. Our church gatherings are a picture of the gospel. Our relationships with one another, all of these challenges that we've been given in this series are a picture of the gospel message. Our family relationships are a picture of the gospel message. And so everything that we do glorifies God through his story. And that's why it's incredibly important to me as we've just sung about, that we sing songs as a church that reflect the gospel story. That we sing about the cross, that we sing about the victory that we have in Christ, that we sing about his conquering of death, and that we have a celebratory response of all that God is and all that he's done. And so that's, that leads us to the second point, encourage believers. So we, we want to have worship services that glorify God and encourage the believers with this message. And it says this, the second half of Colossians 3.16, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Did you catch it? I wish I, wish I could break down each of those things. What does that mean to sing psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. What does that mean? I wish we had time to break all that down, maybe at a future time. But for now, I wanna focus on what it said, teaching and admonishing one another. One another. That's the series that we've been in, and the challenge is, how do we do that? It is the context of this verse through singing this truth in an environment like this. As we, as the body of Christ, come together, lift our voices in song, sing truth. It encourages one another. We remind one another the goodness of God. We remind one another the message of Christ. We encourage one another by singing gospel truth over one another for all to hear. And I just want to double down on this, this point. This is not, this verse is not accomplished 
just by listening to a worship team. <laughs> it is accomplished by participation in the body of Christ as we all sing together to lift up the name of Jesus, lift up the message of Christ. Now I get it. There's a lot of hurdles to that. And we do our absolute best to try to make that as, to try to minimize the hurdles, to sing songs over and over, to repeat songs, to keep a smaller library of songs so that you may get to know the songs through your regular church attendance and that you have the opportunity to sing them over one another. We try to sing them in keys that, that work for people to be able to sing along. And uh, we also know that, you know, people, you may think that people don't want to hear your singing voice, but let me encourage you. God does. God does. He wants to hear you giving him praise. And so as a church body, I just want to challenge you. I love to hear off key singing from the congregation. Just let that be known because it tells me that you're passionate about what you're singing about. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I long for those moments as a worship leader where I, I step off the mic and the body of Christ just sings and we just listen and we encourage one another with the uplifting of voices. And that is a beautiful moment in the church service. And the last thing is this, compel those who don't believe. How do we accomplish compelling those who don't believe? I just want you to imagine for a second, when we are a church body, that is eager to be here, that is eager to sing praise to our God, that is celebrating the goodness of God, celebrating the gospel together, that we are eager to sit under the teaching of the word of God, to learn from our pastors and leaders who pour into us, a church that experiences deep community because we're committed to these one another's that we've been challenged with in this series. That is the kind of church that's going to be attractive to the outside world. It is, we have some gadgets around here, but it is not about the gadgets. I'm gonna point out this nice screen. It's, it's really cool. And I hope that you can see the lyrics nice and clear and in a creative way because we want you to experience excellence. But I'm gonna tell you, I see some football jerseys in here. The Chargers are gonna play at SoFi Stadium tonight. They have a much bigger screen than we do. <laughs> so how do we compete? How are we compelling to a world that does not believe? It is through two things. It is the message that we have, that we can be redeemed, that we can be reunited with a God who has paid the price for us. But more, just as importantly as that, it is our passion for that message, unified as the body of Christ. And so I wanna challenge you today. A church that is passionate is going to compel believers to see what this gospel is all about more so than the gadgets, more so than the buildings. Our passion for the message is gonna make what makes the difference. And so we're gonna do something today. We're gonna sing a couple more songs. And I, I, we've picked some songs that are more knowledgeable to you that we've been doing for a while that I hope that you will really know if you've been coming here for a little bit. And we're gonna practice this that we would sing together as the body of Christ and encourage one another with this message, singing with gratitude in our hearts to God for what he has done for us and what he's accomplished for us. And so I wanna invite you to stand to your feet. We're gonna transition here. I'm gonna go grab my guitar and we're gonna do this right now. We're gonna go through this awkward transition. But I wanna invite you and challenge you to lift your voice in song 
loudly, to raise your hands, to worship God. Because this is the atmosphere and the desire of our hearts at, at High Desert Church that we would be a participating, worshipful church. Amen? Can we do that? Let's do it.
Man, we could hear you back there. That was awesome. Thank you for singing out. Uh, my name is Mike. This is Mikey. We are campus pastors here at Victorville. And uh, we just want to welcome you into the house this morning. So glad you're here. Uh, and please take a minute. Turn around. Say hello to somebody. Then grab a seat. So good to see you. As, as you find your seats, you'll notice that our ushers are passing our giving buckets down the aisles. And if you're visiting or you're a guest, feel no obligation to give. This is what we as Christians and Christ followers do. People, members of this church, we give as an extension of our worship and sacrifice and in obedience. This is what we do. This is how God uses our stewardship and finances to grow his kingdom. So if you're visiting or you're a guest, feel no obligation to give. We are so glad you're here. You're our guests this weekend, and we're so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for taking some time of your weekend to worship with us. Yeah. Uh, Did you see the boxes on the way in with all the food drive stuff? I just wanted to just say again, thanks, man. The response has been overwhelming. So Thank you for all those who have donated. If you uh, forgot or maybe you still want to donate, today is our collection day. So you can run to Stater Brothers or wherever and uh, grab some food, bring it for our food drive for, uh, for uh, the rescue mission, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're partnering mission. with the rescue mission this year uh, to bless this valley. Uh, and we've had, uh, like, like Pastor Mike said, an overwhelming response of folks just showing up with a bunch of box foods, canned goods for those uh, that are in need this season, uh, that we're going to be able to partner with these organizations that do it so well. So thank you so very much. Very and even good. on your way in, we, uh, you got your, uh, your notes for today. Yeah. We want you to use those. Uh, and, and, and every week we know that we're the fill in the blank type of church, uh, but we want you guys to notice the intentionality behind these notes. Uh, there's the passage that we're going to be working out of today. But today, even, even seeing Landon, instead of leading worship at the beginning, he was, he was teaching us through a yeah. Devo. This is our response service to the series that we just ended last week in the One Another's. Now, if you've been tracking along with us for some time, we learned and we read through the word about how these One Another's look in the word and at the same time, how they should look in our lives. And one of the things that we wanted to do is, uh, is we've been doing these response services intermittently throughout our series that we'll go through. Uh, and the, the purpose behind taking a, a week to respond to the, to the series that we just finished was the, so we can uh, completely digest and process how that series is supposed to apply to our lives. Yep. Yeah, and one of the things that we're doing this week is we're taking a moment before we hop into our next series, before we start thinking about Christmas because it's not even Halloween, we want to take a pause. We want to take a pause. We want to we want to track God's faithfulness throughout our lives. We want to we want to see how learning these lessons on the weekend in the word of God was trustworthy and it was truthful. We want to see and hear how it was helpful. We want to rely on its durability, right? And then in this service, we want you to enjoy what this looks like embodied not only in this room but beyond. So, one of the things that we're going to be doing is processing through the one another's this service. I know that a lot of us, when we show up for church, we have our Bibles, we want to open them up, and we're going to have time to do that alongside worship and even communion at the end. Uh, but we want to take this intentional time to let you guys know um, a little bit more about us as your campus pastors. Uh, and, and speaking of the one another's, I have the, the great joy and honor, really, of working with our recovery and support ministries on Tuesday nights here on the Victorville campus at 630 One of the things I've been blessed with and tasked with here on staff is to work alongside our uh, volunteer leadership in the realm of recovery and support. So Pastor Mike and I, we both contribute efforts towards giving leadership and direction to support and recovery. 
Tuesday nights here on the Victorville campus, we have a range of support groups from uh, anxiety and depression to grief share if you've lost loved ones, um, single and parenting, things like this that, that people will go through in life. Yeah. And I know that we've spent the last seven weeks learning about the one another's in the word, and I get to spend every Tuesday evening with these folks that do it on a regular basis. So one of the coolest things that I get to do is see these one another's lived out in a very unique way. Yeah. One of the groups that I can think about specifically is our Together Living with Cancer group. So if, if you've ever known anyone with a cancer diagnosis, you would know that they need a lot of support. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, they don't have it. And this support group is designed not only for those with the cancer diagnosis, but for those who are taking care of the ones with the cancer diagnosis, literally carrying yeah. each other's burdens. And we learned about that. And one of the things that, that I get to observe and I get to sit in on and I get to be a resource for are these folks that are in need of this help. Uh, and I'm so blessed with this opportunity. And I know a lot of times my, my, myself and Pastor Mike will, will get questions about um, what do you guys do through Monday through Friday? And, and this is just a sneak peek into that. But even as we take time and pause to reflect and to, to connect about the last seven weeks and these one another's manifesting themselves in our lives and us having the opportunity to, to either be there for one another or how about this, receive being the one another. Um, we just wanted to share a little bit of value behind how we're trying to lead and shepherd you all as a community on the weekends, that even during the week you would know that our support and recovery ministries are great and they're such good quality folks leading and serving in these ministries. So if you, if you have questions about recovery and support or those ministries for yourself or for someone in your life, Man, I, would, I couldn't encourage you more to go to the website or just come up to us and ask us for some information because we want to be equipping you to carry out the work of ministry. And, uh, and we wanted to take this opportunity to express to you guys a little bit more about what we do here on this campus as your shepherds, how much we pray for you, how much we think of you and prepare for you on this weekend, but to prepare you for life. And, and, and Pastor Mike gets to share a little bit more about what he yeah. does as well. Yeah, as much as I enjoy uh, you know, teaching on a weekend from time to time, uh, one of the things that I've done since I arrived about six years ago is just kind of oversee all the, the counseling ministry. So in the same way that we uh, kind of bring people together in community, uh, the, uh, people that are going through similar uh, difficult seasons of life, different difficult struggles in life. Uh, there are times when you need just one-on-one, -on -one. you need someone that will sit with you and, and bring counsel, direction, wisdom. And so we provide uh, some of that ourselves as pastors. We also partner with some great Christian counselors here in the desert. And so we work closely with them, but it's just been such a joy. I, even this weekend, as I've been kind of sharing this, I, I just, I've met several people that I've kind of had the privilege to walk with through a difficult season of life, whether it was uh, through their own grief or their, their own struggle with anxiety or depression, or, or maybe it was even a, a difficult season of marriage. And uh, just seeing um, some people here this morning that I know had previously gone through difficult seasons that I'd gotten to walk with through that. It's just a great way to live out the one another's. And uh, it's just a, a real privilege um, as a pastor to be able to do that. I don't do it alone. It's not just me. I mean, Mikey, and there's a whole bunch of other uh, of our pastors that, that will walk alongside you through those seasons. So just a, a real privilege. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to do was um, we've really encouraged uh, growth groups. We've really encouraged you to get involved and rooted and uh, just kind of begin to experience the one another's in that kind of community. And uh, so we, what we want to do at this point in our service is actually, I'm going to send Mikey out and uh, we wanted you to realize so, so often our services are so stage focused this one another series has been about us, right? It's been about all of us. 
So I just wanted Mikey to uh, just uh, spend some time uh, having some, uh, people, some of you share your testimony. Yeah. So you can direct your attention to the screen or right down here. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thanks, Pastor Mike. Uh, part of our response services have involved worship, extended worship, um, a Devo message, things like this, and live testimony. And we've heard from so many of you throughout the weeks. Uh, and, and in this moment, instead of you know, doing a prepared and polished video uh, or having folks come on stage and do this thing, and it almost seems a little too far and distant, we wanted to come to you because this is a representation of all of us. We know the 11 o'clock crowd, amen? We, we sit in our seats. We see the same maybe 12 to 15 people around us. When someone's sitting in our seat, we kind of give them this look. <laughs> right? However, I have with me uh, Bill and Lori Merrick. And a lot of us may know them uh, from sitting on that side of the auditorium. I ask them to sit on this side of the auditorium. A lot of us may know them because they help shape and mold our young ones' minds to understand the Bible and how much Jesus loves them because they serve in our children's ministry so faithfully. And personally, my wife and I have been personal re recipients of their influence on our kids knowing the Bible and loving Jesus. Uh, I asked them, I gave them so much notice 17 minutes ago, I was like, guys, I want you to give a testimony. So they're prepared, right? They are so prepared. Uh, it's not so much as prepared um, or, or contrived, but what it is, is it's a very genuine and authentic testimony of how the one another's uh, learning on the weekends and at the same time applying them to our lives can be helpful. So, so Bill has uh, a circumstance just even from, you know, recent in his work and in his field uh, that he wants to share with us today as a testimony of the one another's as his wife, Lori, supports him. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Mikey. Thanks for tricking me into coming up here and sitting in a whole different seat than I normally sit in. Uh, but I, um, we were talking about the one another's and uh, when you get when you've been serving in a church and you've been a Christian for such a long time, you can get kind of comfortable with hearing the messages and thinking, I'm doing pretty good, you know, and things are going pretty well. And then I was uh, challenged in a convicting way that, um, you know, serving at the church, uh, serving my wife, her serving me over all these years, um, that needs to extend beyond the four walls of this church and I work in retail, and anybody who does uh, knows that sometimes there's challenges with that. And what I was challenged in a convicting sort of way was that these one another's need to spill over into my work life as well. Uh, loving one another, serving one another, and making sure that I'm a representation of Jesus Christ in the place where I work. Because he didn't just act like Jesus when he was in the synagogue, he acted like Jesus when he was out roaming around and just talking to people. And so uh, that is one of my goals is to um, be more Christ-like at work. It's really easy to get wrapped up in, you know, just being irritated, especially when you get old. And so uh, as a matter of fact, uh, even, um, you know, even as I sit here today, um, not to, uh, you know, point them out necessarily, but I know that there's a customer like sitting right behind me that I, that I recognize. And I thought, hmm, wonder if I've ever not acted Christ-like to him. And so uh, that's a conviction right, uh, right as I'm sitting here right now. So that's my uh, goal for um, using these one another's. Amen. Thank you so much. Let's give it up for Bill. So the goal, the goal to just hearing a live testimony and not bringing him up on stage is to, is to see him sitting amongst you, amongst us, all of us. We all have a story. And if any of us work retail, we all heard that story and we were like, mm, mm-hmm, yes, yes. Uh, it does come with its challenges, but it also comes with the constant opportunity 
to be like Jesus. And, and, and this, this reason why we, we say the ABCs and we live this life is that we would stop looking like ourselves and look more like Jesus. That we would sound like him when we speak and when we act, we act more like Jesus. We make the choices that he would do. And here's the thing, this accountability and community is just a built-in design. Again, one of the things we think about hearing stories, uh, I, I can't help but recall Revelation 12. And Revelation 12, 11 says that we've overcome by two things, the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus Christ's sacrifice, and the word of our testimony. And how many of us in this room at this point in time have a story? I know that each and all of us do. However, right now and in this moment, with 17 minutes notice, Bill gave his story, and we hope that it encourages you and challenges you to when you see these opportunities, be equipped with the weekend message, be equipped with community, and be encouraged to continue to be this change in the world that Jesus wants us to make and be obedient in. So thank you guys so very much. We're going to give it back to Pastor Mike on the stage. In your bulletins, you've got a scripture text, and I'd love for you to just pull that out. And uh, I want to just, I want to read that. I want you to read it along with me. This is the Apostle John, and he's writing a letter. He wrote the Gospel of John, but he wrote this letter to the early church, and he just wanted to just make clear what the message, the Gospel message was really all about. And so here's just a, a portion of that letter, starting in verse 5 of chapter 1, 1 John. He says this, this is the message that we have heard from him. He's referring there to Jesus. We've heard from Jesus and we declare to you, what is this message? God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. So if we claim to have fellowship with him, that is God the Father, uh, and we don't live out the truth, or, or no, I'm sorry, if we claim to have uh, fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and don't live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I want us to just pause, just reflect a little bit in the word of God as we kind of get ready to move into a time of communion. Did you see the one another in the passage? Fellowship with one another, fellowship with one another. We've been talking through these things, love one another, carry one another's burdens, pray for one another, encourage one another, accept one another, forgive and bear with one another, serve one another. Even Landon talked about admonishing one another with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, what is this thing of having fellowship with one another? Uh, oftentimes we think about fellowship as just kind of, you know, hanging out. It's kind of what we do, you know, when we, when we get together with other Christians, maybe in a, a small group or, or just maybe even after church, you know, as we talk and kind of catch up on what's going on in the life. Can, can I just, just point you back to the text and, and just show you what John understood fellowship with one another to be all about? It's really our, our fellowship with one another. It is all about being in Christ. You see, God is light. And if he is light and we're going to have fellowship with him, then we have to be in the light. We have to walk in the light. And I don't know about you. I don't always walk in the light. Do you? 
What's, what's interesting about that is it, that, that kind of convicts, right? It kind of speaks like, man, I, I'm not sure that I, I walk in the light like I ought to. Does that mean that I am not in fellowship with God and with other people? He, he goes on and he says that, that if, uh, if we uh, uh, say that we are, if we claim, verse eight, if we claim to be without sin, we also deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Walking in the light does not mean we're perfect. Walking in the light doesn't mean we, we, never, we, never, we never sin. Uh, we, we never mess up. We never fall on our faces. Walking in the light means we don't hold anything back from God. We don't, we don't try to pretend or try to perform in such a perfect way as if somehow to, to, to make this idea of walking the light all about us. Well, what it means is it's all about Christ. Walking the light means, means that we don't hold anything back from him. When we sin, we bring it to him. Did you see what he says? If we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just, he'll forgive us our sin. He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. There are two things that we have to know about being in fellowship in a, in a community like that. The first one is that we have a sin problem. So, and, and, and so often if, when you hear something like that in church, you're know, like, oh yeah, man, I, you know, I have a sin problem. But look next to you. The person next to you has a sin problem too. Look, look at the person speaking to you right now. He has a sin problem too. We have to know this. If we say we're without sin, we're just deceiving ourselves. We're lying. We, we have a sin problem. The second thing we need to know is we have a sin solution. We have a sin solution. And, and the solution begins with an act of humility. He says, if we confess our sins, if, if we confess our sins. Do you know what that word confession means? To confess something? It just means to agree with. To say the same thing as. So, so when I lie, I don't, I don't try to, you know, smooth it over and say, well, you know, it was just, it was just you know, I, I, I just was wanting to spare their feelings or, you know. No, call it what it is. It's sin. I, I, you know, it's amazing what we can do to try to whitewash our sin. The only thing that washes our sin is Jesus Christ. And in order for us to receive his cleansing, we have to do some confessing. We have to say the same thing about sin that God would say about it. And that requires humility on our part, that we humble ourselves and that we confess, or like we so often say here at HCC, admit, A, it's the very first step in a very good decision, is to admit that you're a sinner. That's the first part of the sin solution. The second part is very simple. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. Our sin solution begins when we humble ourselves and confess our sins, but when we also then accept God's love and forgiveness, his kindness toward us in what Jesus did. Now, I want you to just notice two things in this, in this verse about God. It says he's faithful and just. And, and I think sometimes we, we need to think about why why these writers choose the words that they chose. Why just? Why, is he, why doesn't he say God is faithful and merciful? Faithful and gracious. No, faithful and just. Just is a very different word, right? I mean, that, that, that has, a, has a whole connotation of a, of a judge and a jury, right? A, a courtroom, 
a guilty person. Why does it say he's faithful and just? Here, here's the thing. In the courtroom of, God justi- of God's justice, every single one of us stand condemned as sinners. All of us have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one who is righteous, not even one. And if we stand before God thinking that somehow he's just gonna let us off the hook, let me just ask you a question. If someone committed a brutal crime against someone you love and that criminal was brought into a courtroom of justice and the criminal said, you know, I'm really sorry, judge, I'll never do it again. Will you let me go? And the judge says, yeah, sure, why not? Is that justice? Would it be just for, for, for God to allow us to just come into his courtroom and say, God, I'm really sorry. I know I've screwed up a lot, but you know, can you just let me off? Can you just let me, you know, let me into heaven? Would it be just for him to do that? No. So here's what God did. He allowed his son who never sinned. to take the punishment that you and I deserve as sinners. When Jesus hung on a cross and died, he didn't do it as an, (laughs) he didn't do it because he was unrighteous. He took our unrighteousness and God allowed him to pay for our sin. The reason why it says here, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness is it would because it would be unjust for God to take two payments for one sin. If Jesus has already paid for your sin, it would be unjust for God to make you pay again. Does that make sense? So the sins that you committed this week and the sins that you'll commit down the road, Jesus paid for all of them 2,000 years ago, hanging on a cross. We have a sin problem, but we've got a sin solution. It begins by humbling ourselves and confessing that sin to God and just, then just knowing that he is faithful and he's just. If we're willing to give him our sin and allow Jesus to be the one that pays the penalty, God will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. Walking in the light isn't about walking in perfection. It's about walking in such a way that we don't hold anything back from God. We don't try to whitewash our sins. We don't try to uh, act like we've got it all together. We just bring our, our junk to God, our mess to him and say, God, thank you that there's a savior who is willing to pay the price that I should have to pay for this sin. And you know what unites all of us in this room? If you are a believer in that message, that gospel message that Jesus is your savior, that he died on a cross for your sins, you know what? That's what brings us together. That's what gives us fellowship. It's not, it's not whether we share the same sports team. It's not whether we, we have the same likes and dislikes. It's, it's, it's about one savior, one Lord, one faith. And every time that we gather as a church and we come together with all the diversity that, that is represented in this room. The, the, the thing that ought to stand out is what unites us. And that is the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
And so today we bring this service kind of to our conclusion by taking communion, the Lord's Supper. This is a time for us who have placed our trust in Jesus Christ, accepted his gift of salvation, to remember that his, his death on the cross, that his body was broken, his blood was shed for you and for me. And so as we, uh, we do this, we do this in remembrance of Christ. And so in a few minutes, the, uh, the band is, is gonna come out. They're gonna, they're gonna sing a song. I, I want you to just do me a favor. Would you just kind of just stay in your seat? The, uh, our, our ushers are gonna be passing the, the communion elements. You'll just take the stack of two cups. Uh, if you need uh, some gluten-free bread, there's some out in the foyer. You can f- feel free to get up and go get that. But please just stay in your seats. Let those communion elements pass. Uh, Pastor Landon's gonna sing a, a song that we have not done before. I'd love for you to just sit there and just think on, on the message of the song that he's singing over you. And then once those elements are distributed, and maybe you're more familiar with the song, you can feel free to stand and sing along. But let's just take a moment and and just spend this time in reflection. And can I just start it all by just praying over you as we prepare our hearts to receive uh, the body and blood of Christ. Father, thank you. Thank you for your, your kindness toward us. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you are just. Lord, you're not just willing to, to allow, allow sin to, to just sort of be dismissed with, without, a, without a just payment. Thank you, God, that your son, Jesus, was willing to take my payment for sin, to pay the price for my brothers and sisters in Christ here today. Lord, we, we thank you that walking in the light is not about our perfection, our performance. It's not about us cleaning up our messes. It, it's about us being willing to come to you and give our messes, our sin to you. Thank you for your cleansing work, your cleansing power. God, as we meet together, we just want to just reflect on your kindness, your goodness to us in purifying us from sin through the work of Christ. So God, we set apart this time. Lord, use this as we worship you in Jesus' name.